Because I feel like from time to time, Andy and, and I are guilty of um, giving you a hard time, Austin, about uh, the about the, the some of the, the punny jokes that happen. And I feel, I feel uh-huh. that... Justified. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you... Oh, thank God. You have an ability to freely associate ideas like disparate ideas from all corners of your sort of knowledge base oh, so my, quickly my shattered and, brain yeah and, mm. and i'm actually honestly jealous of that skill like that's it's like, like a, a kaleidoscope leg- in there yeah and i and i hate so much of how you choose to use this talent <laughs> 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 okay so there oh, it so is he got the dig in there he got the dig in there it's not a dig okay no, this is very sweet, Rory. This is very sweet for you. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Actually, did anything sort of bring this on, or no, no? I just it occurred to me while I was listening to one of our episodes. I was like, yeah, I feel like he doesn't know why, it re- <laughs> why the, why the fury sometimes uh, is evoked. <laughs> I see. It's because he respects your power. Wasted, wasted talent. Yeah, his squandered talent. Spilt <laughs> milk. Do you want to tell us what you wrote about As Told by Ginger, Austin? Do you want to tell us the joke you wrote about As Told by Ginger? <laughs> what did you call it? What did you call it, Austin? Uh, sorry, I had an acid reflex burp here. Um, that's fucking my shit up. Um... <laughs> Did I say I was told by Gengar? Yes. <laughs> and we let it sit there because we, we were we it. both. I think we both laughed and then we were mad. <laughs> we let it slide because it was on text and I didn't have to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You didn't have to listen to me sort of drum it up, you know. And I didn't have to hear you smiling when you said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Savor every word like a like a Michelin star dessert. As told by Gengar. <laughs> Gengar! <laughs> that is funny, because Pokemon can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think other Pokemon are jealous of how much personality Gengar can get into his into his name? Because other people are like, you know, fucking like, Eevee. Yeah, or you've got one that's like, doesn't really, doesn't really roll off the tongue. Like, you've got to say Rapidash. Yeah, ra- Rapidash. Gengar! Oh, fuck this guy. Is the narration just different variations of, like, his voiceover is just... <laughs> Gengar, just Gengar. Gengar. <laughs> He's writing in his journal at the end of every episode. You see over his shoulder, and it's just it's the like word the Gengar. It's like The Shining, it just says Gengar, 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 Gengar. <laughs> and then he, he crosses out one of the Gengars and writes Gengar and does a little nod. <laughs> But also, it's so funny because he's a mean ghost. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a teenage, the teenage girl getting bullied, but it's a mean Pokemon ghost. <laughs> Nobody understands this ghost.
right, folks. Saturday morning, Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm your first host, Rory. I'm number two. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin, the baby. <laughs> and I'm the baby. Uh, <laughs> ah, wow. Is, and it is our, we're in our Nicktoons arc, an impromptu, whoops, we Nicktoons. Whoops, we made it too many Nicktoons <laughs> all over the Nicktoons. place. Oh, we really Nick splatted all over this one. We sp- we got slime. We got Nickelodeon slime all over all over the place. I just slimed myself. Ooh. I just slimed Nick Cannon. <laughs> just... <laughs> and all at of his the, kids. At the Choice Awards. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, is the kids' choice? Never mind. It's fine. We don't need to do Nick Cannon material. He has a lot of children. That's enough. <laughs> Good job, those, good job having on babies, his, bro. On his Wikipedia page, normally it says, like, you know, spouse, and then it lists the spouse, and then children, and it lists the children. Under his, it just says children. Eight. I think he's in... T- okay, so we are going to have a little Nick Cannon talk, because I think he's bagging babies out of wedlock, like, on purpose. Like, just knocking people up and having kids. And just, like, pushing oh. out ankle biters. Like, being a real... Being a real father to many. It's crazy. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's their own, I guess. I just thought Whatever. it was funny. Like, I expected to see names like children. I mean, he's got money, so I'm glad they're Joey. not going into poverty. But like, right? Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how attentive you can be as a father to 29. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I ever expected Nick Cannon to be an Octo Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Add Nick Cannon Octo Dad to my. Weird, we didn't start the fire uh, song. <laughs> Canon Octodad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nickelodeon, what have you done? What have you become, more importantly? It's sad. Don't turn on, I, I mean, it's just don't a turn on channel. <laughs> no, don't turn on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Not these days. It's a, it's a sad, desolate wasteland. But at one point in time, it was actually kind of cool. And they Sorry, put out when some you say turn content. on Nickelodeon, do you mean like find a streaming app and put yeah. Nickelodeon shows on? What do you mean? What is, what is turn this, like... on? What is this box in your house, sir? <laughs> wow, I feel like I'm really getting bullied right now. I'm going to have to rotary dial my mom at her <laughs> landline and talk about how old we are i'm gonna talk i'm gonna tell all the other boomers at our meeting what you said to me and you'll be sorry <laughs> at the neighborhood watch me they bullied me about email again <laughs> <laughs> let's take away their health care you're out of my top eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez yeah, uh, which which Nicktoon are we doing today we picked a new one a different one today we are doing as told by ginger a show I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, perhaps I mean I knew of its existence, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd seen any of it coming up. Coming yeah, up to today. No, me neither. Me neither. You, you, I neither. Neither of you'd watched it. Okay. No, I never watched it because I hate the Klasky Supo animation style. I hate the like wild the hideous monster kids. Yeah, the, the yeah, wild thornberries, rocket power, as told by Ginger, like. Art yeah. style, I just cannot get. It. I know it makes me like. I don't know if that makes me no, a no, weird no. snob. Other things I want, make me a weird snob, I want, but it's yeah, just so yeah. visually unappealing. I I look. I've had I've struggled with people like you for my entire life, <laughs> but I'm an old person now. I've grown. I've become an actual human being. That is a legitimate reason to not engage with a piece of media. If you find it aesthetically displeasing, no harm, no foul. I get it. 
Like, so people, the, people got vibes, and if that doesn't and hit the, it, like, yeah, okay. The other thing about it that I found complex in As Told by Ginger specifically, like, I didn't mind it, and I and uh, it doesn't do anything for me specifically, although it actually, there are ways in which I thought it was actually pretty cool in Ginger that I dislike mm-hmm. in other things, because there's the weird gross brother who's sort of, he sort uh, of leans yeah. into this, into this whole yes. weird world. So that yes. kind of makes it work for me in a different way. But when we're dealing with these kids and they're like, you know, their body image issues, I, I never not quite know how to read it because they're all hideous Fun monsters. House portraits. <laughs> they're all, yeah. So it's like, it, is this supposed to be funny that she realizes she's ugly? Or in this world, it's normal to look the way she looks. And so she shouldn't feel bad about her, you know, her tentacle, her tentacle face. <laughs> I, well, because that's the thing. The, the, the supposedly hot rich girl is also like, is also a d- demon. Is also yeah, some like the, sort of the, Beelzebub. Fa- facial features are just like spread out wherever willy nilly, and the, yeah, and an the heads creature. are just yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the shapes of everyone's heads are just are. I mean, it's not like it's it's big head mode from Goldeneye. It's not like in Hey Arnold where there's different shapes. They all have similar shapes. It's just the shape is large, and the the way that the facial features are arranged on it is is they're like Habsburgs. So it just it just layered my reading of it because Arnold, I don't remember. It probably comes up from time to time. But like uh, there's just a lot of people dealing with their, you know, their, you know, their adolescence. Yeah. And I just I wasn't sure if I was laughing at them or sympathizing, you know. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's okay that it was both. I don't know. I would see it more as a message if this was the only show that had that style. That's fair. But the fact that I know I I understand that's Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. One of four other shows that has the same exact style of character design. So Uh I'm just like, I can't help but wonder that this show would have, I don't know, done gangbusters if it had a better If everyone was hotter? Is that what you're going to go? If everyone was hotter. (laughs) No. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, officer. I don't mean to say. No. It's If everybody was, I guess, more visually appealing, boy, that doesn't help. No, I think what it is, is if people's faces were arranged more like reality and less like Fantasia, like some sort of weird hallucination, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you put, put eyeballs f- on a potato. <laughs> yeah, put eyeballs where the eyeballs go and we can talk a little bit. But like, yeah, all of the weird aesthetic stuff as- aside, I when I was a kid... I had no trouble with that. I watched Rocket Power and I did not question why Otto and Squid and all those characters looked like they were made out of clay uh, by a child. I didn't I didn't question any of it. I was on board and I actually watched this one when I was a kid. Uh, it's good. I actually I, and I really it vibed with it. Yeah. Rocket Power. I didn't get even as a kid. I was like, this is so boring. This it's Rocket Power. You watch because it was on. Yeah, it's like it's that Seinfeld show about nothing, but it's not even a comedy and their lives yeah. are less interesting because they're children. Like, <laughs> they've they've stripped the lowest amount of stakes that Seinfeld had going for it out. And, and it's, yeah. it's theoretically about sports, but but you can't even really get that granular. But it's animated. So why do I it's... care? Like, look how good the drawing is at skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we drew him really talented, didn't we? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no no. I uh, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Rocket Power yeah, definitely didn't hit. I like so what I liked about this one and I I have always had as maybe you know, maybe you don't know. I've always had a a fondness for not full soap operas like daytime soaps can 
go suck it. But like the soap opera structure and style or like the the melodrama. Like, sit- yeah. Yeah. Romantic drama sitcom that like doesn't just reset every week. Like, you know, like we follow, you know, you follow people's drama and you kind of, you know, you get invested in the relationships like. You know, like what they would do later with like the live action shit, like Degrassi. You want to know who they want to kiss. You want to know who they be kissing. And I think what I think what helps this show, if I may be so bold as to speak on behalf of a show that I like, uh, I I think what works a lot about this show is that the main character is like genuinely interesting. Like I want to know how she reacts to things. Like I find her interesting to watch, and there's enough like. Do sort you? of very extra stuff around the edges. I guess you've seen more. You know, like her brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like weird, weird, like heightened shit around the edges of like what is much a much more normal sort of teen high school drama kind of thing. Like it doesn't take itself that seriously while also taking itself seriously. And it kind of lets you sure. like. I watch feel it like casually. I know very little about Ginger from these two episodes uh, mm-hmm. compared to the mm-hmm. other characters who are a lot more animated. And then even in the in the second episode we watched, which, you know, has been alluded to sort of dances around the, you know, the uh, uh, some some topics because it doesn't hit them hard and doesn't it doesn't. um, Yeah, Ginger, because Ginger doesn't even have these problems. So the things I thought we were learning about her, I don't actually know about her. You know, right. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Um, totally. Oh, I just I, meant like I don't really know her character that well. Sure. Yeah, and perhaps yeah. perhaps we picked a couple, you know, episodes that that didn't give us that sort of window. I mean, episode one has to introduce. She us just to the seems whole kind cast. of basic protagonisty to me, from what uh-huh. I've seen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. I I do. I want to call attention quickly to, um, the writing in the show and and mm. the creation of the show. Who was uh, this? Was a woman named Emily Kapnick who created us told by Ginger. Um, yep, the extremely really nice rare see... unicorn of a show that is got a creator created by a line with a woman in it. Yeah, uh, and it really is so refreshing and amazing when you actually have like not just like because women have been writing for shows for a long time, but actually like creating these characters, you know, and making mm-hmm. making all the story decisions, you know, and yeah. especially about preteen to teen girls that where it just feels so genuine and it doesn't feel like a, a someone's idea of what yeah. teenage girls are like. And, uh, and I, I also say Ginger's mom is, there's mom is great. Uh, she's Newman? a, she's a fascinating, wonderful and way more realistic than usual depiction of an adult woman in a cartoon made for kids. Um, yeah. which is not super fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> it's not the it's not the DreamWorks mom or the Pixar mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, she's like super real and loves her kids and like works really hard. I mean, it's more of like a, it's more of that like even Stevens vibe or the no, not even Stevens. Malcolm in the Middle is the one I'm thinking of. Mm. You know, oh, James Gunn's like, though is but is is fucking great though. Uh, right? Yeah, that's oh, what sure. I'm saying. Like, like I think that you know. Those depictions of of mothers ring a little truer to me than like you know, just some random like you know Dexter's lab and you know the sure, mom's sure, like yeah. all butts and thighs and constantly vacuuming and constantly happy and you know you're like 
Right, she's okay. not a character in the show, not really. No, she's just no, a, she's she's just a mouthpiece for when an adult dressing, needs to yeah. say something to a kid, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, I don't know. And, it's an and, interesting voice to have in a cartoon, I guess. And Emily Kapnick is also like, she's a great writer, mm-hmm. like really good, uh, funny writer. Um, and apparently, I didn't realize that she wrote an episode of Parks and Recreation, uh, Ron and Tammy Part Two. Uh, oh yeah, because I I feel like I saw that she was like she worked on the show more generally, but not like as like a usually accredited writer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she was like a consulting producer on season three, Parks and Rec. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like. Season. I mean, we you know we'll dive in and talk about the context of of this show a little bit shortly, but like I liked the comedy that's in there. I laughed. It's good. I laughed quite a bit. It's funny. It's really, it's good. a funny show. Uh, at least episode one is funny. Uh, the other one we watched isn't quite as funny, but like they're it's yeah, I think it's a fucking good time. I'm glad this one held up uh, at least somewhat what I remembered. Uh, it's it's always nice. It is always nice when that happens. Yeah. But. Well, this is a perfect time for us to dive right in. Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. And I paid a visit. All right, everybody, welcome back to our Nicktoons arc with Ladies and gentlemen, Castle Macy Gray. Ginger. That was Macy Gray you just heard. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, we are doing season one, episode one, starting from the very beginning, Ginger the Juvie. And here is the synopsis. Ginger is invited to Courtney's birthday party, but does not know what to get her. Miranda tells her that stealing the enter sign from the bank would be a perfect gift. Ginger, Dodie, Macy, and Darren agree to do it, but Miranda calls her father, Officer Kilgallen, and reports the theft. Meanwhile, Blake steals Carl's most prized possession, his petrified eyeball. Yeah, so the one... This isn't a complaint, really. It's just uh, the synopsis and the title signal... Uh, an episode that's very different than what we got. The stealing the yep. sign is is mm-hmm. it, it comes it comes in late in the episode and it's really not that big of a deal. I did like the the sort of like child logic then and sort of clever then the clever writing that stealing the bank sign is stealing from a bank and yeah, it's a bank robbery. Yeah. Bank. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. But it's not yeah. about Ginger being a juvenile delinquent at all. No. No. No, the no, no, title no. Ginger the Juvie is definitely very like a, uh, it's like um, almost like a post-episode status quo that isn't really covered in the episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like at the end, everyone in schools found out that she like kind of got arrested and it's like she's got like this weird street cred that's unintentional. Yeah, um, yeah, and and we'll 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 build up to that because I have a lot to say about that <laughs> ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got 
we've got a teen drama. So most of the characters who do anything worth talking about are girls. We've got a three a trio of three, you know, not cool girls that hang out all of time all the time together. We got Ginger, the main one, uh, who's got like a single mom and a little brother. Uh, named Carl, and Carl is a little nasty goblin. He's a goblin, yeah, <laughs> it's fun, <laughs> and it seems like he's probably the prevailing like beeline. Because so, yes. so uh-huh. the 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 drama with the girls is typically, from what I've seen, uh, pretty subdued. It's kind of normal adolescent stuff. It's not heightened. Like, no, if you don't get invited to the party, you know, you basically are dead, right? They just want to go because it seems fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like to be included. Yeah. So, so to so sort of counterweight that, which is a, a like I said, a, a very nice sort of breath of fresh air from from the kind of teen drama that's very heightened. Um, mm-hmm. But we've got this little brother who's just a ghoul, and he lives in a doghouse and collects trash. Like we see him, the opening scene with him is him and his be- his best friend Hoodie are like trying on garbage dentures. <laughs> it's horrifying. Hoodie, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love Hoodsy. And, so. and and there's this little foppy boy who wants to steal all their trash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the main trio of girls, right? It's Ginger. We also have Dodie. So Dodie is very sort of like excitable and nerdy. And her little brother is Hoodsy, uh, who is Carl's oh, is best Do- friend. Oh, I didn't know Hoodsy was Dodie's brother. I believe so. Yeah, that's okay. my recollection. I can't. I have not confirmed, but I'm pretty sure he's Dodie's little brother. Um, it's just like a barnacle so, that hangs off the side of Carl. Yeah, but he has kind of like, I don't know. Maybe it's because we're also watching. Mm, spoilers. We're also watching Rocco's Modern Life next week. Uh, uh, maybe it's, he kind of has heifer energy a little bit to me. Sort of like he's, but like, but like a more a more controlled heifer energy like high he's voice also like very... shecky he like shecky to a wasteful <laughs> king max he's a real sort of like toady <laughs> yeah. medieval surf <laughs> yeah yeah and they just hang out in the doghouse together what's so fun about that is that is that carl isn't the main character mm-hmm. uh so that's sort of like he's just got a toady right he's just got it's just a, <laughs> a guy with a friend who like really looks up to him i don't know it's yeah it's it's funny to me just uh, just because of the sort of the shape that the space that Carl and and uh, Hoodsy occupy. The lack of real names in this show does sort of get under my skin. It's just like I have to keep track of all these Game of Thrones names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, third main friend girl is Macy, uh, whose voice gets Try very grating. Yeah, not Ma- not Macy Gray. Not it's uh, confusing because Macy. Gray does sing the theme song, but this Macy is like, you know, a glasses nerd with like, I'm assuming like a deviated septum. <laughs> uh, and her voice does get, it's like a really strong vocal choice. And you're like, man, when we get to that episode, that's all about you. I'm going to get real upset that you talk <laughs> all the time. Um, you know, because she's always like this ginger. It's just fucking exhausting. Yeah, there's a line about where she like, get shocked, get surprised very easily, and then... Breathe! Breathe, Macy! Uh, through the good nostril! Checking <laughs> <laughs> uh, too. Then we have our antagonist... Oh, there's... I guess the, the other member of their main crew is is Darren, the uh, their their guy friend, who's also an outcast. Jaws because from he James has, Bond. Yeah, he's got 
braces headgear. Um, yeah, Baron like, underbite, maybe. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then our antagonist characters that are sort of, which I like that they're not like pure evil. They're not like cartoonishly evil. They kind of have, you know, some goodness. Like you want to like them a little bit too. Are uh, Courtney and Miranda, and Courtney is rich and pretty and Miranda is uh her conniving best friend who's also pretty and popular but I don't know if she's like as rich as as Courtney is Probably but they're not. sort of the mean they're, they're kind of the mean girls uh and <clears throat> they're frequently antagonists in the show uh I would have yeah. liked I would have liked a little bit more I mean in, in, in fairness to the show they they could easily do this groundwork in other episodes um but I would have liked to see a little bit more, uh, I guess, genuflecting about this rich character. She lives in obscene opulence. So I think that's uh-huh. part of why I'm willing to say it's probably a kind of a bit. Um, but, you know, I just would have liked to see something, you know, like Pacifica Northwest in Gravity Falls. Like, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. let me know you think that her life is not okay. Would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we get more of that through Blake, her brother, her little her, yeah, because they're dainty both, little brother. Yeah, and he's the you know the rich the rich camp from across the across the lake vibe. Like that's why yeah, they seem yeah they definitely little yacht club the little yacht club boy. He seems <laughs> like a joke. Um, yeah, except then like then it's very weird when he's just like getting bullied by non-rich people. And he's like, why it's so hard to be wealthy. I don't know. I didn't really like that vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty clear that he also sucks. He does suck. He's got a manservant who follows him around. He does have a manservant. No, I think there's enough constant jokes about him and his like prissiness, his like prissy rich, rich boy stuff. That, like, it's kind of fun because you have, you know, different levels of of villainy, right? Because you yeah, have, like, yeah. Carl and his his goblin. Right, because Blake is Carl's <laughs> villain. Right. The two of them are, are both Or, well, Carl's and... Blake's villain sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I just, I like that they are not a united front most of the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they all suck, but yes, they will sort of fight each other in the B plot and just sort of duke it out. And it's a real race to the bottom, you know, <laughs> so uh, for I, both I, of let, them. Let's talk about that right now. So I, I, I love the B plot stuff. It was some of in my both favorite of these, things. They were, they the were show. the best. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. But what I love about the dynamic with Blake and Carl is that Carl, Carl's living his like, I, I, I these He's All living his best life as a dumpster child. Yeah, yeah, they feel like they live in a separate world, like that has its own sort of status levels within it. Like the rest of the kids Magical in the class probably and... couldn't give a shit about the weird shit that Carl collects, but Blake fucking loves it. Blake loves it, and he's it. like so jealous of Carl's dumpster life, and, <laughs> and so Carl lives this dumpster <laughs> life, and he has like a petrified eyeball he's in an in actual doghouse. Yeah. It's sort of cartoonishly bigger on the inside, of course, but it's fun that he's just like he's just in this and it's this like old rundown, like boarded up doghouse. <laughs> it's funny. So, yeah. One of the first things that happens in this episode is that Blake overhears Courtney and Miranda talking, and Courtney's like, you know, I'm interested in this ginger girl, and I might invite her to my surprise party. And Miranda's like, fuck no, she's a fucking nerd. 
Uh, but Blake realize Blake overhears that Ginger's going to be invited, and so he gets out his fucking walkie-talkie and he radios Carl. Blake listening to Carl. Come in, Carl. Who is this? How did you get our frequency? What do you want, Blake? Hello there, Carl. Glad to hear your voice. Word on the cul-de-sac is your sister is going to be invited to my sister's surprise birthday party. So. It's valuable information, Carl. I shall want your petrified eyeball as payment for the tip. <laughs> like some sort of weird fucking hostage negotiation. Yeah, I just I love their whole vibe. Um, it's it's yeah, really it's like fun. A, the British. It's like the British Marines and pirates. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, the, the way that they communicate. Yeah, and he'll you know Blake will say things like ah oh, blast pip pip you know just little uh, you know. Little, little foppish rich, things. Little foppish things. There's a there's a moment where uh my favorite moment was uh 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 Carl and Hoodsy catch him playing on the playground by himself and he's playing with action figures, but it, they're not action figures, they're little fence they're little like fencers. They're like with full fencing gear, and he's just like, Oh, oh, good sport, good sport, good show. <laughs> it's very good. Um, yeah, it's 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 lovely. I I yeah. just their whole their whole dynamic just is is fucking delightful. So Carl, the Cole Carl stuff feels very strongly like a network note at the very inception of this show. It very mm. much feels like okay, no boys are going to watch this unless mm-hmm. you take these boys and you make them really gross. Just. I, I wonder. Disgusting. I wonder if that so. wasn't the negotiation. I wonder if they were the network wasn't like put boys in here, and the lady creator was like, "Okay, but if I put boys in here, they're going to be nasty." Uh, <laughs> I just don't I think this was the like ah real monsters. Uh, it was I don't the, think like, so. Gross. It's I don't know. They're they're too gross and silly and well thought out. I think, uh, and there's so much detail in these characters. For mm-hmm. them to be a studio note, for this well, to be a, a negotiation sort of tactic to get the show they made. They feel central to the show, like the balance they of the show. They don't feel secondary to the show. They feel yeah. they feel deeply needed to tell mm-hmm. the to tell the very mundane stories of Ginger mm-hmm. in, a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a cartoon. And right, and they were done extremely well. You know, like yeah. it was obviously it was seized and done extremely well. I just, I, I just, I'm curious if if there was a discussion. Maybe, but I just, I don't, I don't have like, that reading of it. They don't, they do not feel that that this was a way to get eyeballs into the show. This doesn't feel like adding Danny DeVito to to the to the to the just roster. The, but the balance in the first like four minutes of this show goes from pedicures with with the girlfriends to like pulling bits of prune out of dentures yeah like it just it's perfectly balanced in every way (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah i like that i like that the boys are in their own little like fucking fantasy world all the time uh it just i don't know it's fun and also i don't know this 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 one scene felt like stand out to me in a way that like I don't know. Tell me, tell me if you feel the same way. The pooping and farting is usually just sort of done like a like a gag that you pooped or farted. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. that's the funny part. There's a scene where Carl is like trying to do some sort of scheming and master planning, and he's talking to Hoodsy, and Hoodsy's trying to shit in a stall in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And at yeah. one point, Hoodsy's like, "Carl, I 
can't go and you keep talking to me, okay? And like, it wasn't funny that he was pooping. It was funny that he couldn't poop because Carl was standing there talking to him. I don't know. Yeah. It was like a different sort of joke about pooping than a cartoon usually does. And I liked yeah. it. it. It was great. It was really nice. There was another great, great joke in that bathroom scene uh, that was a payoff from earlier um, to tie it back to the main plot first to walk up to it. Um, right. So so Carl gets this intel from Blake through the whisper network of little brothers <laughs> um, <laughs> that that something is up. And he tells uh, he tells Ginger uh, that she's invited to this party, but for a price. Uh, and it is he demands her curling iron for classified reasons. <laughs> classified reasons. Yes. Yeah. And you and, think and it's s- going to be because he's going to like build it into some sort of nasty fucking robot or like a like a weird Yeah, he's going to singe somebody's asshole or yeah, he's just going to you know, do something really <laughs> unspeakable with this big hot hot rod. And we we later see in a scene he walks in the bathroom and his front little like <laughs> he's just a little girl. Little bangs are like curled are in curls are in little little ringlets and then when Hoodsy comes out of the bathroom and pulls he's his hood down he's got all these he's like oh my ringlets are coming out <laughs> and and this fucking this other kid this other boy walks in like this yeah. is like an elementary school right this elementary school or middle school boy walks into the bathroom and is like did you bring the curling iron some of my ringlets are coming loose Foutly, how much for a curly hairdo not selling today walker he's selling fucking hairdos to the boys it's he's such making a boys joke. pay him for curls i love it it's it's such a great joke that just was not done. It's so much funnier than any like, ooh, ooh, feminine things are gross. It's this like, it's a very earnest, very sweet, very funny joke. It's great. Yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> There's some sort of like element, like, because everything Carl does turns into like a fucking, you know, money making racket. Uh, and I love that he's just like, no, I'm I'm selling curls to boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting them, getting them done up all cute. Okay, let's good. talk about the A plot. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The girls. Um, the standout for me in this is that I think that the plot in general, maybe they could have leaned into it a little more. The plot in general is very funny because Courtney is having a surprise birthday party that she is inviting people to. Yeah. And that's a very, it's a very funny idea. And she's practicing how to sound surprised in the mirror, like throughout the episode, even though to no, in no way is this party a surprise. Uh, and I, I love that. It's sort of like the weird out of touch, rich person trying to have normal experiences <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. And that vibe is hilarious to me. Um, and, you know, it, it it really does a nice job of, like, varying this extremely well-trodden plot of uncool kids get invited to cool kid party. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I like because the, they're not they're not the, the they're not like the mean girls in that they're not like ringleaders in this sort of massive social hierarchy. They're they're pretty girls whose life seems pretty good and they like being kind of mean, but. They're not the king and queen of the school, so to speak, well, right? This, and Courtney, yeah. I, I love this about Courtney, too, because, like, she is legitimately inviting Ginger to this not party. Not as a prank, not as anything not as, weird. She's, she's like, not going to carry her. Nobody's she getting just carried Ginger in seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah Miranda who has the problem because Miranda's jealous of Courtney liking some other friend. Right. So I don't know. It's all sort of like you can see this, I think, across the show. And I think across boys and girls in these different plots are are these kids trying to reach out to each other? And yeah, not no, being it's, able it's to. great because it's 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 relatable. Although it is sort of this sort of cartoonified, I didn't really pick up on it right away. This idea that like, and having to sort of replace myself into that age where, you know, there's, there's a person who just seems kind of cool and you mm-hmm. have no idea because you're just weird little aliens. And, 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 <laughs> and then also you, so if they're just a stranger, you don't know how to like talk yeah. to strangers, but also there's all these odd little kid you know, either hierarchy or group tribalism stuff makes you think they're not part of my team i can't be their friend yes and here these yes. and here's this girl who's dealing with that she's like that girl looks cool but i'm being told by everybody i can't be friends with her and i don't know yeah and ginger has the same problem back because you know she wants to she's like she, i think at one point she's like talking to darren and she's like and i hate to say it but i kind of want those kids to think i'm cool do you think that's totally uncool yeah, like, it's great. It's like it's like a cool, like <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't know. And, yeah. <laughs> and the scene where Courtney invites her to the party is great with the home monitor. Ugh, yes. Oh yeah. That pass is for making number one or two, not idle chit chat. Like that. That's the that's the, the funny thing too is that the poopy peepee humor. I think the most explicit reference to to poop was that scene without Carl yeah. anywhere in sight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's another part of reason why I think the show like. Has a little bit of gross humor, like just kind of it in its DNA. Yeah, yeah, it does not yeah, feel it's, packed in. It's good. Well, and there's it's... also that that sort of I don't know truism that sort of like left to their own devices, girls will be far grosser than boys, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, that's just like given the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice to see. Courtney also just as a stray line that I didn't. That, Went by really fast, but I enjoyed it quite a lot. Was she, Courtney was saying, We need to finalize the guest list so I can circulate the invitations for your surprise party. Hmm. Missy, Mitzy, Mindy, and Mipsy, of course. You know, whatever. <laughs> she has like six friends that all. And Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I, um, on the other side of the coin, though, right? Like, I love, I love how we see ginger's life because she's not dirt poor but we also aren't constantly talking about how poor she is like she's not like ah it's no but i I had a hard read on it because of the in this episode as my as my onboarding episode Mm -hmm. going from going from courtney's opulence to the doghouse i did not it was (laughs) it was a real it was a real gear shift and i wasn't sure what what uh it it Carl has an amazing line to Hoodsy where he's looking at Blake playing and he's like, Look at him. School's been out for an hour. He isn't even dirty. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But but in that, it it did kind of all say, yeah, I I had a hard time seeing like, is he playing in the dirt because he's like in extreme poverty or? (laughs) Or because he's a nasty boy. Because he's a ghoul. Um, yeah, and I guess I guess I kind of like it. I kind of like it because, but they're not poor. They have a they have a right. you know multi story house with bedrooms. They, they're doing okay, but Your they're struggling. Have jobs. Yeah, because she's 
well, she's only got she her. I think her dad's out of the picture, and so I think that wasn't always the case. And mom is like, Your mom's like a nurse. Mom's like going overtime to like make sure all the ends meet. But what I don't get is constantly like I don't. They're not constantly like boohoo. I'm poor, which is like not not to say being poor is not something to boohoo about because it is and it sucks ass. But like that's not the whole like the whole that's story the that we that's get. Not the story. What what we're what we're what I like are the touches that imply or like show us what poor is rather than tell us how poor they are. There's an incredible scene where so Miranda, Miranda corners Ginger in the bathroom after she's been invited and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. And Miranda's like, yeah, well, you're not gonna be excited for long because you haven't thought about this. What are you going to fucking get Courtney for her birthday? Because she's got everything. She's hey, rich what's your fuck. offering? Yeah. What's your <laughs> offering to God? And. And her and her friends, her and Dodie and Macy, have this incredible conversation. Great! I didn't even think of that! I finally get invited to one of Courtney's parties, and now I'm going to have to show up with some crummy old present! Same as always. I like your crummy old presents, Ginger! Who could forget that nifty pocket tic-tac-toe pad you made last Christmas? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, uh, and then Dodie says, no, Macy, Ginger's right. This is big time. Some lame gift like hand-painted barrettes isn't going to help her now. Even though I really like those ones you made me, I'm dead meat. And it's so, it's so funny because you can clearly tell that their families are doing a little better than Ginger's and they recognize that she tries really hard for their birthdays even though she can't buy them presents. And like, I don't know that, that like the way of telling that story is so much more interesting and telling yeah. than just being like, ah, I wish we had more money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's well done. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the whole setup of the show, the vibe of it, the jokes, like I, I really, I really dig it. Uh, the person that we don't get to spend any time with in the episodes that we were watched this week is Darren. Um, you probably can tell that that's sort of a love interest scenario. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a lot of like, it's interesting. I remember watching this show and sort of like being fascinated by what goes on because like, yeah, that's that sort of angle and Darren and who's Darren dating and are Darren and Ginger going to date? Like that's the whole like teen drama side of things. Um, and it almost feels like they don't let him or like he's not a, he's not as much of a character because they're sort of like worried sure, about Sure cuz he's sort of he's sort of handcuffed to being the love inches from the first yeah. page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's a, still he's still cool but like yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's fun. It's fucking cool. Um well the, what, the reading the um reading the wikipedia page for this i i was struck by how much of a, a deal they made about how the the characters grow up and that they change yeah. their outfits. It was like a lot about like they change their outfits every day of school, every episode. They're wearing different clothes, very unique, very different. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the year 2000. That's like, yeah, yeah, that's effort that no one's bothered putting in before. Yeah, and, and it does make a difference. No, it super does. Yeah. Also, apparently, yeah, they start in junior high and then they in seventh grade, then they go to eighth grade, and then they go into high school as freshmen, I think. I guess I didn't remember uh, that. I thought they were all in high school already. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. I like that. Yeah. It's a rare Nicktoon that'll that'll actually progress stories, mm-hmm. you know, rather yeah, than just being and I, SpongeBob and I say for that 30 just, years. 
because Darren, I guess, gets his gets his uh, orth- orthodontic headgear taken off. At oh, they, some point. he gets hot. Like, he gets yep. hot. Yeah, yeah, he gets hot and starts dating hot people. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, so I guess, like, a plot wise, the you know the we we kind of covered it in the synopsis because yeah, we don't actually. A... The crazy thing is, we don't actually go to the party. No, no one. Not yeah. really. Yeah, we uh, were the the drama is about how Miranda tells her that the perfect present would be if she steals the enter sign from the bank and gives that to to Courtney for you know to put it outside of her room, which also feels like a pretty genuine like young kid teen thing. Oh, you know, she like has a, such a great fucking line too, where she's like, <laughs> "You have until the stroke of four fifteen to decide." That's when I get home from clarinet. <laughs> like yeah. uh, that was I think that was my hard laugh from this episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Because Ginger is is, you know, waffling on the idea of stealing this sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's and, playing with the idea of is is going to prison worse than being a social outcast with the popular <laughs> kids. And Darren is like, well, prison has bunk beds and bunk beds are pretty cool. So <laughs> I don't know. Prison. <laughs> so fucking stupid. No, the real fucked up thing is that is that Miranda, you know, who's obviously setting Ginger up for failure, uh, fucking calls her cop dad on Ginger while she's doing the deed. And like, that's a pretty I don't know. And I think that reads different into year 2000 than it would now. Well, here's but... the fun thing is that he smells bullshit a mile away and fixes it and is cool and nice. Correct. Yeah. Uh, he yep. doesn't show up and like be a cop at them and kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 really just Miranda's dad. And she thought calling her dad was the same thing as calling the cops. So I think in both of those ways, it worked for me. Mm hmm. You can't just tell your dad it's not the same thing as calling 911. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, I mean, they go to steal the, well, first they steal like thief clothes from Carl, from Carl's room. (laughs) They get like, you know, black clothes and. Yeah, because they know Carl's got a closet full of fucking disguises. Yeah. Um, and they go to the bank and yeah. He's always got these high concept B plots, right? I'm sure he's got this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got shit for genre stuff. Um, <laughs> as soon as Ginger touches the sign, though, like the cops just like boop whoop, and uh, and catch them all in the act, and then they go into the cop car, and she, like you know, kind of faces the consequences. Like the the whole time, I I kept thinking. They're going to pull the ripcord on this at some point, mm-hmm. you know, at some point there's going to be the, oh, no, OK, we found out or we solved it or we, you know, uh, it's a big misunderstanding because yeah, or... there's an alternate ending of this episode, right, where she goes, she decides she's not going to steal it. And she sucks it up and she like paints some barrettes, yeah, like her usual yeah, shitty yeah, presence yeah. and gives it to right. Courtney. And Courtney's actually kind of thrilled about it. And Miranda steams right. like that's a version of the end that we could have gotten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One that I was almost positive was going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, instead. instead, the cop car takes a quick little detour past the party. Uh-huh, and where everybody Ginger can gets see <laughs> Ginger in handcuffs in the back, looking like a badass. <laughs> oh my god, For, she gets quote, to yell out. A bank. Yeah, she gets to yell out to Courtney, and all, the whole party is just like black-jawed staring at Ginger in the car, and she's like, Sorry I couldn't make it to your party, Courtney! I got arrested for robbing a bank! And look! I didn't even get frenzies! <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny as shit. Yeah, then she's just like, yeah, like, wildly grounded, probably on some kind of probation, and just deals with it, but also now... Maybe people think she's cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but the episode ends ends with that. I mean, it basically mm-hmm. rolls credits on her in a room, basically under house arrest, you know, permanently, you know, record permanently scarred by attempt apparently stealing from a bank. And <laughs> and that's yeah, that's where we call it. And and the whole time I'm just like, wait, no, what? No, but where's the where's the, you know, amnesty where's the sort of yeah. like you know 11th hour uh everything's okay for ginger reset back to the status quo mm-hmm. and i mean that really i don't know that really pulled my fucking attention yeah it's, it's pretty neat and then b plot wise uh it's not it's not too worth explaining they they essentially trick uh, what's his name? Blake. They trick Blake, Blake out of his fancy treehouse so that they can go and watch the party and get like incriminating photographs. Uh, and the long and the short of it is that Blake, having found out that he was, you know, tricked, steals the eyeball in a jar from uh, from Carl's doghouse. And I thought that might be the end of it. But then I come to learn, like, we still talk about the eyeball in a jar, like two seasons or a season and a half or whatever yeah, later. Yeah, continues the next to trade hands. Yeah, it's just kind of fascinating to me that that's like the the highest form of currency in boy world is this eyeball <laughs> in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I think though this B plot didn't really lead, ultimately lead anywhere satisfying. No, uh, I mean, so luckily we get that in the next one. I think, but yeah, I, I think I think more likely than not the b plot there is just to provide some uh some levity and some uh and and a break from uh from from drama yeah i mean it definitely introduces their whole their whole deal pretty well yeah you yeah. Know? Um, yeah but the, yeah they're sort of like they they want to play with blake they're like ah we would like to play with like a formal invite to <laughs> to play with the rich kid and he like is desperate to do it it's it's also um, sad because you get the yeah. sense even this first episode and maybe it carries over a, a little bit but you get the sense that Blake really does kind of want to be their friend. Oh, he definitely does. I think that that's explicit. Yeah. They that's what do I'm not want to like, hang out with Blake. Trying to reach out to each other, you know, and mm-hmm. really struggling to do so. Yeah. Ugh. And it's it's nice that he's sort of he's so cartoonish because I don't have to feel bad for their essentially bullying of this weird little <laughs> weird little fay boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who who is has told his butler that he's experienced yeah, tomfoolery? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm glad that I'm glad that they that he's he's um he's this his his um his indoor kid sort of vibe is more about being rich than being like artsy or or anything that yeah I don't know has undertones yeah totally 
Totally. He's the, just the one, shitty and rich. The one gotcha element to the end of this is Carl taking these incriminating photos of kids at the party, including he takes a photo of Miranda on her phone calling her dad. And they talk about how, like, that photo is somehow irrefutable proof. Evidence that 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 she, like, you know, set her up. But it's just a picture of her on a phone. That doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an audio recording. It's not like a. I don't know. Like it, that it feels like that. It feels like the, the very end cut. of this was either cut or done some like hasty rewrites at the end. Like it doesn't. Yeah, feel- we've abbreviated. We've done a Star uh-huh. Trek ending. We've just needed to just get get some core details in there. They're like, the wait, we have to log. do with twenty minute show, not twenty two. <laughs> yeah, we we oh, missed God. the courtroom scene, right? The impassioned courtroom <laughs> monologue that uses this as Exhibit A. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's go talk about a second episode, yeah? Maybe yeah. we should cut to a sponsor. Oh, a sponsor! Uh, guys, it is it's it's cash o'clock, and uh, I have a pretty great one. I have a pretty great one this week that uh, has thrown quite a few. Uh, Silver dollars our way to, to mm-hmm. talk about. So I hope Andy is and can do them do them proud. Can earn his silver dollars. Um, I'll certainly try, my friend. Andy, would you tell the world about give bread a chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you know these days, these 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 troubled times. Uh, you know, we've all got we've all got a lot going on. There's a lot going on in our lives. Uh, the the world is in a constant sort of state of turmoil. Uh, and it is tough when you're watching the news to kind of like, I don't know, find a way out, find a way to get through to your next day, to get through the work day. Um, and I think I speak for all of us here at Saturday Morning Tuesdays when I tell you that you really just ought to give bread a chance. I hope this ad just stays sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean this. I mean this. When you find yourself in this, in just the worst pit of despair, oh sure, and and you are having just the Eat most way out awful time. Yeah, you ever thought about just like carbo loading? Like, give bread a chance. Give bread a chance because there's nothing. There's no problem on earth that bread can't solve. I dare you. I dare you to come up. Like, what, what's going on? What's a problem? What's a problem that you don't think? You know. I'm a I'm a pigeon and I'm hungry. <laughs> See, okay, but you know you're you're softballing that in. I, I want a real one. I want a real one, Austin. All my family uh, is gone. All your family's gone. All my family is gone. You got a knife? I do. Yeah. All right. Take a big bread loaf. Start carving away. Make little people out of the bread. You got a little bread family. Oh, I actually I'm happy again. You're happy again. <laughs> Everything's fine. And then when you're done, you can eat them. And then you're fucking full. And breadful. Breadful is the best kind of full. Right, you're more buoyant. I, I got a problem for you. Hit um, me my, again. My bread is moldy. Your bread is moldy? Give it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Give bread a chance. <laughs> Maybe it's not, you know? You ever thought about that? Give bread a chance. Bread is a natural. Bread is a, is a, is a probiotics. 
It's a probiotics in the bread will kill that mold and you'll be fine. You'll be stronger because you ate that bread. I've always been probiotics. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you've ever been sad, why not be sad and fucking full? You know what I mean? Just like so, so completely and utterly you see wrecked. It, you should see it peeking out the top of your throat. Yeah. Oh. Like a, <laughs> like like the hay from a scarecrow. <laughs> Just fill, fill yourself up every nook. Find all your crannies and put bread your there. Your arms shouldn't bend. Give bread a chance. I think I basically am a carb scarecrow <laughs> at this point. Okay, we are back. We are watching a different episode of As Told by Ginger. We are skipping ahead, so we're a season and a half in. It's season two, episode 17, and she was gone. And here is a Shranopskas. Ginger writes a poem about a girl who wants to disappear for a competition. When Ms. Zortsky reads it, she believes Ginger is suicidally depressed and makes her see the school psychologist. Meanwhile, Carl tests his vanishing powder on Noel Sussman, who he thinks is a nobody. But when Noel really does disappear, Carl deeply regrets it. So I did not get the vibe. I didn't read the synopsis before this episode. Uh-huh. I mean, that is not my reading of the episode. I, she, the, the, the teacher definitely thought that the poem was troubling, right? Uh-huh. But it did not appear to me that there was a genuine concern about life and death. Yeah, so we, let, let's get this conversation out of the way then, right? So she, this is the, the, the crux of this is this is this literary, you know, this writing competition, which is, so it, it, brought, it brought me back. It brought me back, though, to be honest. Like, there's, yeah, the, so that, the only thing I was real for, for like, oh, there's yeah. all sorts of like, I know. oh, submit your writing to this national competition. No, I just, you know, I just. I hate the navel gazing of writers writing a writer character who's good at writing. It's just yeah. fucking lame. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I understand. I feel you. Uh, I I find it at least mildly charming with with Ginger. Uh, she's she's a journaler. She journals at the end of every episode, and so you kind of get the sense that she's sort of you know. Right, you know, she likes to. She's she's gonna go to. She's gonna go to fancy journalism school and get published (laughs) at eighteen. It's so wishful, Philly. Was this Council of Dads? (laughs) (laughs) She's just a little lily. No, I I get you, but I also like. I don't think. I don't think generally the show tries to portray her like she's some sort of prodigy. And I and I like the twist in this one when. She's super proud because we get a lot of the poetry and it's, it's again, very navel gazy. Look, I wrote a poem, even though I'm just a TV writer, but I'm so good at poems too. Um, <laughs> but then 
then she does not get the response she was looking for and the adoration and the praise for the poem. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the yeah. reaction, I, so what I think, what I think is that this is, this is a kid's show that was not necessarily equipped to really talk about suicide and they talked around it so far right that you almost lost but yeah, the definition of the, the word suicide. The stakes uh, were kind of not there. Um, yeah. What they say, because the poem is about a girl who essentially, I mean, I, I, you don't really get the full text of the poem. You get snippets of it. She chose to walk alone, though others wondered why. Refused to look before her, kept eyes cast upwards towards the sky. She didn't have companions, no need for earthly things, only wanted freedom from what she felt were puppet strings. And we have we have the actual animation and it's very Tim Burton-y. And so, yes, I, I, yes. you know, it allows it to go darker and not feel like worried about this girl because I can mm-hmm. see that this sort of like silly Tim Burton puppet is is a tone is genre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and as somebody who went through a real Tim Burton phase when I was like 13, <laughs> who was, you know, wearing out the Edward Scissorhands DVD or whatever, like, uh-huh. you know, I, I totally get and I and I really enjoyed that the that the the show, the episode did some unique animation stuff. Yeah, you know, it changed the tone and it sort of did this sort of artistic, you know, the key, the typewriter keys when she's typing become the puppet strings of this. This this Tim Burton wave. <laughs> this girl. Tim Burton sad girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the rug pull for this episode, I found very relatable. Um, it, it, even though it does, like, for anybody who does anything artistic, right? You probably were like, at some point, you pushed the envelope, and mm-hmm. you didn't get. You know, you were like, I thought I would thought being creative was the job. I thought I was supposed to go. Do I was supposed to go to this place? Like, oh no, no, this is weird, and we're okay. worried about you. No, not mm-hmm. this place. God, not <laughs> this place. <laughs> yeah, because so, she she's she's written a poem about a girl who's kind of like overwhelmed and wants to let everything go and disappear and go somewhere else. And like you know, the narration is essentially like, and then one day she was gone. And like it's not necessarily like the, the the poem is not necessarily written in a way that's like, and then she killed herself. Yeah, no. And Ginger's Ginger's defense is so good, where the teacher's like, "Yes, this is really concerning." And Ginger's like, "I know. I was so sad when I wrote it." I know. Isn't it sad? I mean, my eyes were practically welling up with tears when I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't believe I got to this place. Are you impressed with me? <laughs> no. And then they're like, "No, we're putting you in therapy." And she's like, "It's fiction." Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, yeah, I, I, that is again, super relatable. It's It's, very relatable. You know? Yeah. I remember watching. So I, I, I I picked this episode because I, I I was just glancing through the, you know, the lists and in that way that like when you watch a show and you're a kid and you're like, I guess I kind of remember these things, but like reading the description of this one, like, brought such a strong sense memory back to me. I was like, oh, fuck. I remember, like, sitting and watching this one. And as a kid, I remember it, like, really hitting me, not like in a, oh, my God, depression, but like in a, you know, fuck, these adults are really just missing the goddamn point, aren't they, kind of vibe. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we've all tried, we've all tried, you know, like going into those places with art, you know, and and, and it's so the the line between masterpiece and cringe when you get that yeah. we like uh-huh. when you go there is so hard to fucking manage, and it's uh-huh. terrifying to do. Yeah, and, you know, writing plays in high school or college and be like, oh, this one's going to be about suicide or whatever, you know, and just like, because <laughs> yeah. you got to try it, right? And then everyone's I've, I've like, I've been writing for about six months now. I think I've earned my yeah. suicide play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so I don't know. It, it's just really interesting. And like none of the none of the adults are like particularly villainous about it. And you can tell they're kind of like, no, we're just we're just worried about you because you you know you went to this place and God had to you come know. from somewhere. Right. And if there was if this had gone a little deeper, right, we and was maybe targeted a little older, maybe we could have gotten some more of the teacher's perspective of like, well, fuck, yeah, the, if we don't respond the, to stuff like this early, then people are going to get mad at us for missing it later when yeah, something happens. The, the authorial tone here of the actual episode is a little bit lame. It's like mm-hmm. the teachers are the teachers are busybodies and the therapists are quacks. And it's like right. that should not be the message of this episode. Especially exactly. when it's like, well, you should trying you, to even ha- if you if you don't want to listen to your therapist, you can listen to Professor Mom or whatever. It's yeah, like, Doctor okay, Mom, I squeezed out a kid and I have a medical degree now. <laughs> <laughs> Pinched one out and now I don't and now I don't think you need vaccines. <laughs> oh god. I did my own research. <laughs> On the forums. Um, yeah, no, it's really, it's an interesting episode for 90% of it. And then I don't feel like they stick the landing on the, the take home, the take home message. Um, yeah, but, and, and but it's still the, affecting, I think. The t- yeah, exactly. Because the, the, the actual message is basically, uh, you know, uh, teachers and authority figures are squares and don't trust medical advice. But also they, <laughs> they kind of deprete, they also, they kind of treat depression like a ghost story. I know, um, yeah. Where it's yeah. like, well, nobody, clearly nobody we know actually has depression, but oh boy, would that be bad if you had it. <laughs> you know, of course. Like, <laughs> and also the fact that they don't speak its name leaves yeah, the imagination yep. to kind of assume. I assumed like, you know, I don't know, I didn't know what to assume. Like they, the, the grave importance of the big D was well. That's the thing. They do say it once, and it, and it's a blink and you miss it thing. So they never yeah. say suicide, but they say depression, and it's Miranda who says it because she has a line that's essentially like, "Man, if I'd have known you were like clinically depressed, I might have gone a little easier on you." And it's 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 done in a joke, you know, right? Uh, and yeah, yeah I, I wish you know, I wish they, I wish they'd engaged with it a little more head on. This, I mean, I I didn't look this up. Maybe I should look it up now. Uh, this did not win the Emmy, but this was the submitted episode that year, and they were up for it. Uh, it's good. With, with it's this just, episode on the books. Yeah. Uh, it just th- there are parts of it that I don't think. Uh, maybe, maybe this was really cutting edge in 2000, and uh, I'm yeah. willing to to give it that. Like, and our our discussions around mental health are a lot better right? now. Yeah, they're different saying, than they yeah. were four years ago, let alone 20. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm willing, to, I, I'm willing to, to give it a little bit of a grace period, but I, yeah. I think it, I, I, I don't think it succeeded at everything yeah. it tried to do. To me, uh, the biggest miss opportunity that came around this was the B plot and how it how it worked with the B plot. It should have dovetailed so much better. Yeah, it had. It, it felt like it, it had a real sort of like right, free the disappearing shot. girl and the disappearing. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, like they were they were so close. Like they had it. They were like, this is a great idea. And then they Well, I think I think to your point about the first episode having an alternate ending. Um uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. This this is the this is that. This is the like we don't have that girl kill herself at the end of this. Yeah. So yeah. so let's explain it. So I love this B plot anyway. It's so yes. fun. I'm glad it was fun instead of super sad. Yeah. So Carl and Hoodsy ha- have this local magic shop and I guess some sort of, you know, uh, uh, fun relationship with the shop owner, this uh-huh. like back and forth, you know, um, antagonism with the shop owner who, who bought, who's sells... clearly selling snake oil and they clearly yeah. show up wanting to b- buy things earnestly. Thinking it's real sorcery. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he buys a box of vanishing powder uh, that is that claims that it will completely disappear somebody. Uh, and then you need like, you know, anti-venom, right? This sort of like re- <laughs> a reversal potion. potion, a potion that brings I... you back. I love so much how it's it's funny the whole time because we know this is a goof, um, but how seriously these characters take it. We know this this has real real world logic. Yeah, but these characters think they've got the death note, and they really <laughs> go through like, how are we going to test? How do we test this thing? You know, you know, without going to prison or fucking up the, the time, you know, the timeline. Yeah, right, or um, ruining any of our fun like our fun rivals that we yeah. enjoy spending time with that's right they were like we can't yeah. just disappear blake because he's so much fun to mess with <laughs> yeah yeah the conversation yeah. they have is actually really fucked up if you start to think about it because they think they're, they're like, gonna okay, kill somebody yeah we're gonna kill yeah. somebody so let's find the the, the least noticed person in class <laughs> but they do have a line about like i was thinking we could vanish higsby and just you know start making fun of blake more frequently um you know <laughs> like the way that they're sort of mapping it out um, the way that they can, like, you know, reallocate their bullying, you yeah. know, percentages. There's a, there's a kid that they're thinking about, and they're like, oh, you know, but we, we we bully him when we're tired of bullying Blake. <laughs> <laughs> so they identify yeah. their target as this girl that Carl didn't even realize existed in their class named Noelle Sussman. And they're like, okay, time to make this girl vanish. Yeah, she's expendable. Time to ice this bee. Yeah. And so Carl puts the vanishing powder all over her desk so that when she goes and sits in it, she'll get covered in it. And then within 24 hours, she gone and vanish. They've death noted her. And that, which is so funny to be fine. I'm never going to it's going to be passing around <laughs> in my head for the rest of this episode. I'm going to be thinking about that. But but they do it. And no sooner do they do it. And now that Carl is paying attention, they're, to they're observing Noelle, her because they want to watch how the vanishing powder works. Yes. And there is a there's a major twist that I loved. Right. You want to say it? Yeah. 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 She's fucking weird. And Carl is obsessed with it because, you know, he's the eyeball boy. Uh huh. (laughs) And he's like, this girl is spooky as shit. Right. He's it's love at first sight. She's like (laughs) doing karate in the middle of class and doing a finger puppet play with people who are in the class during class. She's a (laughs) lunatic. She's a loose cannon. Yeah, she's fucking crazy. And Carl is in love with her. He's, he's like, oh, my it. God, what? And he vanishes her. And he's like, I can't believe I've done this. <laughs> well, he so, ha- he doesn't vanish her. He he knows that she is marked. He, she's yeah, written in the death, death note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, so he just has this growing sense of dread the entire day as he's slowly, yeah, becoming obsessed with this girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, the next day comes and her desk is empty in class. And while this is happening, of course, we are learning about clinical depression and about a girl who doesn't want to be there. We cut back to these lines like, so, Ginger, are there times that you wish you could disappear? And you're like, I just, these could be, these could be so much better linked. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They're only linked in flavor, right? They're not linked in actual I think like, in, a, in a world where the Ginger plot is a little bit less obtuse and a little bit more on point, then the uh, Carl plot would be a real breath of fresh air and a break from that. Um because the ginger plot kind of doesn't go there and doesn't hit the as hard as you want, then you kind of are looking for the B plot to pick up some of that emotional slack. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the yeah. way that we kind of, you know, sometimes I, I notice we only do this when we actually like a show and we wish it was like five oh, really percent better. Pick, really pick it apart B by B. Yeah. Yeah. And and I in that way, if we're re if we're doing a rewrite, I think there's an interesting option where in the midst of Carl's crisis, thinking he's essentially killed someone and she's gone forever. And then in the midst of a potential different version of a ginger crisis where she goes, maybe I am depressed and is like really diving into that. It's an opportunity for the two of the siblings to like connect and talk about their issues together. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been really interesting. About if people like, not being yeah, there. Well, we, right. Well, about well, people be like, not being you know, there. I'm, I'm very sad right now. And it, it, I don't know. It's kind of overwhelming. And Carl has to be like, tell me about it. I murdered a girl. <laughs> I, I murdered someone. Like that's but, the world know, he's in right now. But, it would be kind of cartoonish, but yeah. But you know, the idea that he's like so upset about somebody not being there and her maybe literally having suicidal thoughts or like thinking about suicidal thoughts and like seeing like like remembering that, oh yeah, people would be like, you know, super upset or whatever. Not like suicide is logical, you know what I'm fucking saying. I'm just saying there's like there's opportunities for like a fucking yeah connection of these ideas and a connection of characters about it. And then the two plots bounce off each other and go back and resolve themselves in interesting ways as it is. They just feel separate and they just kind of have some similar words and you kind of go, Oh, disappear. Right. It's like the other plot. We we find out (laughs) that what happened to Noel is that like, well, one, I mean, you know, this growing anxiety that he's done this, he, he, finds a way to have enough money to get the potion, which you assume he, he has sold Blake his precious eyeball um, (laughs) as a way to get the money to get this, this revealing potion, undisappearance (laughs) potion. Um, And that leads to like the best line of the, the best exchange of the episode where Ginger has had her sort of cathartic discussion with her mom or her mom understands what's happening in, in the poem and doesn't isn't concerned because she knows who Ginger is and it's like I know exactly who you are you're a bright sensitive young woman the kind of person who understands people's feelings which is why you can write about them so beautifully you always make me feel better mom how do you do that listen kid you don't have to be afraid of your feelings ever no matter what they are and no one knows you better than you know yourself so don't let people try to convince you that you're someone you're not, even if they do have a PhD. If you don't like talking to Dr. Leventhal, you can always talk to Dr. Mom. And don't let doctors tell you what to do. Don't let doctors <laughs> tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mom knows best. 
<laughs> yeah, and 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 then Jenny's like, your oh, crystals. I... <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, no, but she she's like, Thanks again, Mom, for making me feel normal. And then we hear out the window this screaming of Carl, like, The potion! The potion! My eyeball for the potion! Carl, I beg you reconsider! <laughs> <laughs> it is nice. It's so good. Absolutely incredible. So good. Um, yeah, that is no, the what, best convergence of plot lines, but they're not yeah. even about what it's not yeah, even exactly about what the two things are similar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's odd because the, the two are the doing these two plots in the same episode is obviously not a coincidence. No. Uh, yeah. And yet it doesn't feel like they did much with it. Right. That's what we right. talked about. So it, it's it's an odd thing because it's like, well, you did it on purpose. So right. why not go harder? Right. Because uh-huh. we find out that Noel just moved to another school. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he finds her reading his favorite book, Entertaining Penguins. Um, <laughs> um, and this this interchange nice, was really like, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. It's a cute moment. But because you, you know, it's like it, she clearly has known who he is, because when he when he walks up and sees her, she goes, hello, Carl. And like they almost have this romantic moment. She's handing him the book. They get really close. And then she goes, Amazing. And starts and then dancing runs around. off and doing karate. <laughs> and he's like, amazing. Where this have you been so all hot. my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact, Noel is voiced by the creator of the show. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So the takeaway. So these are these are some lines that I wrote in, in Ginger's diary moment at the end of the episode. And I don't know if I love this as a takeaway, but it is an attempt at a sort of takeaway where it says, I think the reason my poem struck a nerve was because everyone related to the main character, including me. Because maybe us writers do put a little of ourselves onto every page. And maybe I didn't write that story just for the contest. Maybe I had something to say. But no matter what happens with the competition, I already got more out of it than I meant to. Because... Somehow, in writing that poem, I got a chance to know myself a little better. To see myself a little more clearly. And I kind of like what I saw. Which almost feels like talking out of both sides of their mouth. Of Mm -hmm. like, acknowledging the idea that maybe she does sort of have maybe some depressive thoughts or whatever. But that, oh, isn't it fun how writing lets you learn about yourself? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 odd, but uh, but it is it is a button at the end. And yeah, I mean, it's it, yeah, it just it really is tricky because I because they don't actually show anybody with depression mm-hmm. right in the episode. It, yep. it just makes it, it 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 casts a very different spin on it. Like, we you know, it is funny that we have Courtney who has showed up to this like a group chat session with the therapist with girls at the school and she's dyed her hair and she's like going for, she's trying to get in on this depressed girl attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yes. it's, I don't know. It's like, it's conceptually, it's very funny that she is, has seen the attention that Ginger is getting yeah, because, because of this. Be- and it's like, Oh, I want in on this. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it works in at that level, I think, because we see her in her monologue and we see her decide she wants attention and this is how she's going to do it. But 
casting people who <laughs> seek help as attention seeking. Yes. Again, yes. Again, like kind of missing the Again. point. Again, well, yeah, it imagine, doesn't hold up to close scrutiny. Yeah, imagine like in in no way are these equivalents, but imagine if this wasn't about being depressed, but it was about being gay. And instead of someone learning that someone in the show is gay, it's someone, it's everyone it's thinking the main character. Courtney pretending to be gay for attention. Courtney pretending to be gay for attention and the main character going, I'm not gay though. And then at the <laughs> end, they're still not gay. Like, did you, right. what, what have we done here? Yeah. Like, Do you think what, maybe what, what when she this? was in the in the third grade, she thought she was gay um, because she just like, you know, <laughs> was real neat and cleaned her room yeah. and stuff and, and then wrote it's a song just, about it? It's just weird. It's just like a it's a weird way to try and engage with a topic. For the record, then, like, I got you, you. Like, you're yeah. like you're saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not there with you. I missed the reference and I'm moving on. I What are we what what were you saying? It's, it's the, the Macklemore song. Oh, for God's sake. You know, it, it shows how little I've listened to that piece of shit. <laughs> God, I hate that song. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's like what you've been saying. It's like, why why do this and not even have the idea that one character in here might actually be clinically depressed? Like, what is the point of even doing this at this point? Yeah, did the network just like, oh, it's a huge bummer if 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 some kid ends up having clinical depression. That just, yeah, no, everyone's fine. I don't know, like... <laughs> it's oh, just, but if, yeah, it's if just Ginger so weird, ends up like, having depression, how are we going to do the rest of the show? Everyone's going to know she's depressed all the time. Yeah, what? and what and again, so many people have... To, it's so common. Like, depression so is common. extremely common. <laughs> And it's not it's not the end of the world for no. so many people. Uh, yeah, it just it, it, it's a miss to me. It, mm-hmm. It's a miss, but it's an interesting. Yeah, it's a good episode with. You know, 50 percent delivery on. Yeah. And an incredible Carl plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The eyeball for the potion. The eyeball for the potion. <laughs> I think maybe what it could have done, I don't know, get get more into the the farce of things getting out of hand with uh with a story that you didn't think would yeah, you know, get this kind of like because because then we get to see we get to see how um you know, the sort of bureaucratic the bureaucracy of adults raising children who aren't theirs is is um fallible mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. being like don't trust your doctor <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. god that's so it's so weird i, I was <laughs> I, I did that like suck air through my teeth thing when that <laughs> happened. even if they do have a phd like yeah ooh, ooh. <laughs> i'm just i'm just going back to the the helga therapist episode Ah, uh-huh. that, that one's so great. Yeah, Fuck. and I'm I'm trying to remember a little more. I mean, because it, it was it was for all remind of Helga's me parents' again, flaws, sort of, they are not anti-vaxxers like, yeah. like right. Ginger's mom. <laughs> 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 Just yeah. To anyway, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, let's go to wrap. Well, everybody, we did it. We wrapped it up. We're we're in. Uh, we did two episodes of As Told by Ginger. 
Uh, we did them. We watched them. We talked about them. I think. And it, we'll see a, you next Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> quite a bit of. We length. have gone long. I think almost. We've gone. We've, we've gone incredibly long, and I think we've pretty much said all of our thoughts and feelings. We've praised the yeah. show. I don't. I don't think there's any confusion about more. a. I have a few okay. more things. Real more things quick. to say. I just, Let's hear. Oh, I, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> this I, guy. <laughs> I'm. I'm extremely impressed by this show. Yeah, I'll say as somebody who. Didn't see a Ooh, yeah, completely missed on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I could also see myself missing on it as a kid. Like I, looking back totally. at it, as a kid's show, it's it's uh it's not for everybody, which I think is perfect. I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's not right. Yeah. I don't want an everybody mm-hmm. show, but that yeah. that means that some people will have not watched it or not liked it. Yeah, yeah totally. I I also I mean I'm impressed that it was good from the jump. That it was from episode one. It, it was. Yeah, the show it was going to be like it was really quite well written from episode one. Although initially I thought maybe it was like, oh, things are going to get real as the show goes along. Because as I was tabbing through all of the episode images on Paramount Plus, it, it was funny because all the screenshots of the characters in the episodes were just getting sadder and sadder <laughs> as I tabbed deeper into like season three or whatever. They were like all, frowning that's just way more. Ginger's often. upset that Darren's dating Courtney and Darren's dating Miranda and Darren's not <laughs> dating Ginger and then Darren's dating Ginger and then Darren cheats on Ginger and then Ginger breaks up with Darren and then Whoa. Spoilers. Oops, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, I, I just, I think there's, I think there's more, there, there's maybe is a world where we can watch more ginger at some point. I could do another I think, episode I think for there's sure. Good stuff. Yeah. I also would love to have a female guest on, uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. talk about it as well. Um, yeah. just, I don't know. It's, it's, it, 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 we are, we are not fully connected to the source material in the same way. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, like I said, I loved this show when I was a kid, but like, you know, I'm getting the universals out of it, right? Like, there's there's yeah. a different way to engage with this, I think. Uh, but but I think that the uh, the the part that I the part that I like about this show is that uh, maybe, maybe just sort of in comparison with its contemporaries, right? Like, I go back and I think about the other like I don't I don't know what other shows there were exactly like this, like trying to do actual like legit teen drama stuff, but not live action. You know, it's not it's not Boy Meets World. It's not like, you know, Dawson's Creek. It's a it's an animated kind of teen drama show that kind of goes more serious for a couple reasons. One is because I think child actors would ruin any oh, attempt yeah. at ser- like at, at, <laughs> at seriousness with a uh, yeah with some kind of with 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 something more operatic, but um, God, it would be it would be so Disney and goofy to do to do a serious Carl kids a show. Person. Yeah, you. I don't think you could do it. I just don't see well, it. Yeah, the only way to like so Clarissa explains it all is probably as close as we get. It's pretty mm-hmm. analogous, but it's a cartoon that's it's it's very cartoonish on its own and it was live action you know she had the little brother ferguson like but that's strong played for comedy and gags and this show isn't yeah um it is but it's it's also like equally not and you know you think about like rugrats all grown up or uh uh what are these other ones you know i I just don't think i don't think it had any competitors in the space uh, no? And if it did, I'm just yeah. forgetting it. But I, I just thought it was cool and and unique as shit, and I was I was very on board. Yeah. Um, I it, this made me want to rewatch the whole thing. 
No, I mean, I think it's most like, which, uh, uh, you know, not unsurprising given your, your, uh, on the record love of Hey Arnold, but that would be the closest mm. thing I can think mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. to this yeah. show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking cool. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad you liked it. I, you know, yeah. so hell yeah. yeah. You put your pants back on. Nobody spanked you today. <laughs> Nobody spanked <laughs> me. <laughs> um, Next week, we are, we've already alluded to it. We are doing Rocco's Modern Life. We're going to wrap up this Nicktoons arc. Um, continue, you can tell we're kind of picking, I don't know, these like black sheep Nicktoons, you know, these sort of, yeah. uh, the ones that kind of, the never, ones that weren't SpongeBob's. The ones, well, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Although I'm, I'm sure SpongeBob will come up in our Rocco discussion. Yeah, it's gotta, it has to. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I've never watched enough SpongeBob to make, make any serious connection between the this two. Is most of the same crew. Oh, um, sure. Well, you'll yeah. be, you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised by our conversation then, Rory. So let's get, yeah. let's, yeah. let that, we've, we've wet the whistle. Is your whistle wet? <laughs> Everybody, wet check, whistle. check your whistles. Wet, don't check answer. Check your whistle. That. Is it wet enough? Check your whistles for wetness. <laughs> and we'll see you that. next Tuesday. Yeah.